How many have said, yes, I'm going to lose 5 pounds, 10 pounds? We've all said that, right, at different times. Maybe this year that's one of your goals. Maybe this year um, could be your goal to improve on a relationship. It could be on improving your relationship with our Lord. Amen. There's so many things that we do as we enter a new year. But today, you know, this first Sunday of the year, starting with January 1st, we have a new beginning. It's, it's kind of like when God forgives you of your sins, He wipes the past away and gives you a new start. Remember that day when God just gave you hope? He gave you a promise. From that day forward, you had a new beginning. Well, this year again, 2016, it's a year of new beginnings. And what you do with it, what you, the goals you set today and this week are going to be important for the rest of your year. So hopefully, you each of you have laid out goals for yourself, maybe for your family, that you want to attain this year. And the one thing I've mentioned about goals is you have to go back and measure them. You must be able to measure your goal at some point along the journey. Because if you don't or you can't, you'll never know if you, if you hit the goal or the target. So if you're losing weight, what are you going to do? You're going to step on that scale and measure. Oh, how much have I lost? If you're trying to improve a relationship, you're going to look back and, okay, I've had less arguments with that individual. It must be working. It must be doing something right. Those are the things that you do and you measure your goals. And that's how you can know if you're advancing or, or not, if you're being stagnant. But looking back now, in 2015, I know some of you may have faced challenges. That's what I like to call them. Uh, you hear trials, hardships. I just call them challenges. You know, really, the Lord is just challenging each of you. And He's growing you. How many know that we have to go through hardships, challenges, in order to become mature? We look at our children. They have to go through things. Sometimes we have to... We have to scold them. We have to take away their Xbox or whatever little new toy, their R2-D2. You know, we have to take those things away when we need them or their attention, right? And as parents, we do that. We know what's best for them. So whether you faced hardships last year, I just want to remind you, God was with you through that time, whether you realize it or not. And that's this morning's message. I want to talk to you about the sorrows and challenges you may have faced in 2015 that you don't forget that our Lord and our God walks with us. You know, we can tend to lose sight of that. We can be so caught up in our in our poor, pitiful me. Nobody has it as bad as me. Nobody's ever had to endure what I've ever what I'm going through. I know none of you have ever said that or thought that. But you know, God is here to remind you today, He walks with you. He's going to be with you in this year of 2016. Amen? So if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Chapter 11, and we're going to start reading in verses 10, 10 through 25. Deuteronomy chapter 11. And if you would please stand, I ask you to stand for the reading of the word this morning. How many know it's great to give honor to the Lord? Oh, yes. And we do that not only by being in church, but we do that when we read His word here. And so, Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verses 10, starting in verse 10. Now, this is Moses, and he's, he's speaking to his people, and um, 
one of the things here you got to remember is the Israelites were complaining, right? Remember when Moses led them out of the Egyptian bondage and how quickly they were so elated to be out of slavery, but yet then they started complaining. Real quickly our attitude can change from blessing to a burden. And this is where they were at. And Moses is here reminding them of what God had spoken to them. So starting in verse 10 of chapter 11, it says this, The land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It is a land that your Lord God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. So... If you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain, your new wine and olive oil. I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle and you will eat and be satisfied. Verse 16, be careful or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you and he will shut up the heavens so that it will not rain and the ground will yield no produce and you will soon perish from the good land the Lord is giving you. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. In verse 22, if you carefully observe all these commands I am giving you to follow, to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to hold fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all the nations before you, and you will dispossess nations larger and stronger than you. Every place where you set your foot will be yours. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the Euphrates River to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you. The Lord your God, as he promised you, will put the terror and fear of you on the whole land, wherever you go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. What a promise. What great promises that are found in your word, Lord. That when we stand and we put our trust in you, when we observe your word and your great commandments, Lord, blessing follows us. Protection follows us. Provision follows us. Lord, we stand here before you today on the first Sunday of 2016. We want that blessing. We want that favor in our lives. I pray, Lord, this morning, show us how. Give us the, a desire to follow through and to be obedient servants of your word. And we thank you for this day in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. 
Amen. Well, God is good. And, you know, as I was praying for this year, the Lord gave me a specific word for today as well as a specific word for our church. And, you know, one of the things as pastors, you pray, how can our, how can our church be directed? What, Lord, do you want to speak to our church? Because how many know that every church body is unique? See, we're all made up of a body of believers. There's churches all around town here in American Canyon today, but we're all part of that same body. And we're all unique, every, every church body. And so I was praying, Lord, what is that that you want me to say for our church body? And this one word just kept coming up, and it just kept coming up. And I know that uh, the Lord wants me to share that with all of you here today. And that word today, for such a time as this, is perseverance. Perseverance. Now that may ring true for you today, for some of you. It may ring true for you in three months from now, six months from now. Persevere. Endure steadfast, be strong, not, not moving. How many ever had to do that? Whether it's in a job, relationship, you know, you, you might have to just be tough and steadfast, be a, a persevering spirit. Well, the Lord wants to give you that today. He wants to remind you that stand strong. There may be situations around you that don't look pretty, but the Lord's here to remind you He walks with you every day of your life. Amen? Amen. Getting back to the Israelites in our scripture text today, see the children of Israel, they were on this this new path to a new beginning. They had just crossed over into this new land, a land the Bible tells us filled with milk and honey. It was just a a flowing land of, of blessings for them. But along this wilderness path that they had taken, as I mentioned, they began to complain. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been blessed by God and then slowly but surely you forget about those blessings and you begin to complain about the blessing God has given you? You know, that's just our human nature. And they were no different back then. They were complaining to Moses about, you know, things about, well, when are we going to get there? Because it took 40 years for them to wander. But that was part of the problem. If they had not cursed and, and become so burdened and, and complained, they say that it should have taken them three years' journey to get there. Most theologians will tell you it should have taken them three years. They spent 40 years wandering in the desert. Now, God challenged them and said, Okay, you're going to be like that? Okay, then I'm going to keep you wandering here until your spirit and attitude shapes up. Really, that's what He was doing with them. How many times have that, has that happened to each of us, right? It does. God works on us. He's trying to mature us and make us complete in Him. But here with these Israelites, what they lacked was perseverance. Really, they lacked perseverance. They couldn't remain steadfast. They couldn't remain steady and strong, yet they crumbled at, oh, we got to eat manna again? We, we got to wear the same shoes and the same, you know, that's all they were doing is complaining. You know, God, when I mentioned manna, God rained manna down from heaven. Every morning they had food to eat. The Lord brought it down from heaven for them and they complained about that. You know, God forbid we would complain about the food we have in our refrigerator. We, but I know nobody here does that. You open that refrigerator and it's all full, but is that all we have to eat? You know? I know nobody here does that, right? And uh, God forbid we do that because we're blessed. If we have a refrigerator, 
We have food in there. We're blessed. Amen. How many people did you drive by this morning that are homeless out with a sign this morning or sleeping under a bridge? We were in the city yesterday. Saw many homeless people out there. Uh, in this cold weather, it's not fun. It's no fun. No day in the in the park. These people lack perseverance in this Old Testament passage. And if we're not careful, we can be caught up and and not remain steadfast. But what I want to tell you today, that God is here to provide you these three things. Listen carefully. God wants to provide provision. He wants to provide His presence and protection for each of you today. Amen? And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. So this morning... We have many blessings that sometimes we're not aware of, that we don't tap into. Just like these Israelites, if we're not careful, we can become like them and lose sight of the blessings we have. Number one on your outline says God's provision. God's provision. Again, I look at you here today. All of you, all of you to a person here today drove here in a car. You have a vehicle. You have provision. You have clothes on your back. Some of you are wearing your Christmas gifts today. Some of you may have, may have brought a Christmas gift today. Maybe it's a new Bible. Maybe it's a new phone. Maybe it's a new wallet. Maybe it's something that you're wearing. But God provides for you every day. We, we had on New Year's Eve pozole and tamales at my house, right? God provided to us or for us. And we had a great time. God is the great provider. Amen? When you get to that point in your life and you begin to compare yourself to other people, which is the enemy's trick, the devil's trick is always for you to compare your life to that of somebody else. Your life to that person that that is a millionaire and you're always like, well, Lord, how come I can't be like... Don't go down that road. Don't go down that road. Because God gave you your life. And He's providing for each of you as individuals. Amen? He provides for us supernaturally. Have any of you here, raise your hands if God has provided for you supernaturally. Where He's just done something that shouldn't have happened naturally. Right? God is looking out for you. He's got your back. He's never going to leave you alone. God's people are not without. Never without. Never without food. Never without clothes. God always protects and takes care of His own. Amen. He will meet our needs. Whatever need that is this year that you have. Whatever deep hurt that is that you may have this year. He wants to meet that need. But again, if we're always complaining, always bitter and closed up to God... He can't meet that need. He wants to remind you that He's here to take care of that need. Now, one of the things I wanted to bring up to you about these Israelites, this, or the the children of Israel, the land of Israel, was quite a contrast from Egypt. So in Egypt... And what I mean by that, in Egypt, they were just, they were slaves. They worked. They worked the land. They built. And it mentioned earlier in the verses about having to work the water by foot. There were apparently some sort of water system, irrigation system in the Nile River where these Israelites would have to pump the water out. They actually pumped it out with some sort of a paddle type of wheel device. And it would be activated, activated by a foot 
pumping motion, and that would bring water to them. See, Egypt was a desert with no blessing of God like Israel, like what it just described here about rain being poured down and then receiving this rain from heaven in these uh, valleys and mountains. And so it was a great um, opposite way of life, of looking at it. Because see, God had promised this land filled with milk and honey, filled with all these blessings, right? He was saying, this is yours, people. This is yours. Here are the promises that I have for you. Come on! But can you imagine 40 years wandering? Not taking advantage of these promises God has for you. Even today, God has for you. All of you here today. So, these people... It was a, quite a contrast for them as they walked into um, this new land. See, the Nile was a source of the water in Egypt. It was not the rain of heaven, as I mentioned. In Israel, they were going to see the blessings of God. Because they were God's chosen people, they were going to see all these blessings that came supernaturally, how God provided for them. Have you ever wondered sometimes how you may have gotten a raise at work when it was not even called for? How maybe you may have gotten a promotion at work uh, supernaturally and it just occurred? Have you ever wondered maybe how you've gotten that check in the mail and it was for some lost uh, overdue fund that somebody owed you an insurance, uh, real estate transaction? and you got a check in the mail months later, even years later, and God provides for you supernaturally. Those things aren't done by accident. God knows when you need them, and God gives those things to you. And I just want to remind you of God's provision. Here the, the great contrast was that Egypt demanded, or they depended more on the hands, on labor, on manual labor, than on any type of God. They depended on manual labor there. And where they were going, where the Israelites went to, the, the land of Canaan, the promised land, it was, a, it was a land filled with God's blessings. His supernatural provision was going to be how they needed to trust God every day. Every day they needed to trust Him. And so that re- reminds me of in our society today, we, we are really affluent. We really are. If, if you have a home today, if you live in a home, even in an apartment, and have a car and, and a vehicle and clothes on your back, you're in an affluent society, number one. But if you ask our children sometimes, where's our food come from? Their response might be, well, it comes from Safeway. It comes from Rayleigh's. Rather than, well, the Lord provides it. The Lord provides that food. Ask your kids when you go home. Ask them what their answer is, just, just out of curiosity. Say, hey, where does our food come from? Oh, well, we go, to, we go to Safeway, we go to Food Max or wherever it might be and do our shopping, and that's where it comes from. Well, it should be, well, no, the Lord provides that for us. Amen? And that's what we need to make sure that we understand here. That may be you today thinking, well, you know, I'm only going to survive in 2016 because my employer and the job I have. Well, wait a minute, let's back up a second. Who gave you that job? Who gave you that employer? That may be you today if, if you're struggling with a relationship or in, in a home, uh, the dynamics at home. It doesn't have to be that way if you put your trust in God. God wants to be your provision. He wants to provide and meet every one of your needs. Amen? Jesus taught us this prayer in Matthew 
Matthew chapter 6 and verse 11, it says, Give us this day our daily bread. Amen? You know what? It's a great message, just that alone right there. He didn't say, uh, Give us this day and next week and next year and the rest of this year may be blessed. What he really was saying was, Learn to trust in God today so that He'll meet your needs today. And when you live with that mindset... Oh man, God, God will bless you supernaturally when you learn to trust. It's called trust. It's not easy. How many know trust is not easy? But trust is so rewarding if you learn to develop that attitude. So note the, again the contrast going back to the promised land, the land that the Israelites were entering. The verse said, it drinks water from the rain of heaven. Now that, I'm here to tell you, is a supernatural act. Let me say that again. It drinks water from the rain of heaven. In other words, the land was totally dependent upon God. Upon God. You notice that? Did you get that? So, as we, as we cross into this new year, let us do that with the same assurance that God will provide for us this year. Amen? When you think of those challenges you had last year in 2015, some of you I know were happy to say goodbye to 2015 and welcome 2016. Well, it may be because you had challenges. Well, let us walk with the assuredness that God is going to take care of us. He's going to be our, our provider. Amen? So remember that God is your source. It's not going to be your um, job, your employer. It's not going to be your spouse. It's not your retirement. It's not your 401k that you're drawing from. Those are all blessings of God for you. But that is not your source. Your source is Almighty God. Amen? Amen. Don't ever lose sight of that. I love, and just to conclude that point, in Matthew 6.33... And some of you know this verse. But seek first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto you, will be given unto you. What things? Everything you need. Notice I didn't say everything that you desire. But everything you need will be given to you. Amen? How many have found that to be true in your life? I have found that to be so true. It's a great promise that the Lord has given us. Amen? Secondly, after provision, is God's presence. God wants to remind us and assure us of His presence. Remember, I, I start usually every Sunday morning with something like this, that uh, reminding you that where there are two or three gathered, there the Lord is in the midst of us. Amen? That's Bible. That's a scripture. Bible says where there are two or three. And even, even you by yourself carry the presence of Almighty God wherever you go. That's His Holy Spirit in you. But again... The Bible said, and catch this, in in verse 12 from Deuteronomy, that passage we just read, it says they were crossing over into a land for which the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end. Notice that. See, God takes care of His own. Did you know that God's eyes are upon you? God sees you wherever you go. There's no place that you can go that you can hide from God. Do you know that? Look at your neighbor and tell him, I can't hide from God. None of you can. Everywhere you go, 
He's watching you. Now, He's not watching you like He's stalking you. I'm not talking about that. He's, he's watching you because He loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. You know, I can't help but be reminded of this, and uh, I mean all, with all respect, um, I have any pet owners here? Any dog owners? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. So please uh, understand this. I'm, I'm saying this with respect. Um, but when I get home, my dog just wants nothing more than just to be with me, right? If you're a, a faithful pet owner, he'll come up to you and he's just right there by your side. He's just so happy to see you. He's got a big smile on his face, wagging his tail. And I may have been gone for five minutes or all day long. It's the same response every single time. Now, imagine you know, how, how that dog is, how he feels when he sees me. He wants, he wants to be with me in that moment. He just wants to, me to love him. Our God, on a much greater level, on a much greater level, is, is really the same way. When He sees you, because He sees you everywhere you go, He's really looking after you. He's looking after you, but He desires a relationship with you. He desires to walk with you. He desires that you walk with Him. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. He never will. You may feel sometimes that, Lord, where are you? But that's because you're not pursuing Him. You're not seeking Him. Church, I'm here to remind you to persevere. Persevere this year. Amen? The Lord's presence is always upon us. The eyes of the Lord are upon us wherever we go. From the beginning of this year to the very end of this year, the new year upon or which we embark on this year, God is watching us this year. He's watching us. What a blessing to cross over into this new year with God Himself. Amen. I would not want to cross over into this new year without God, without my Jesus. I want to know that I carry Jesus everywhere I go with me. I, I carry my American Express card too, but I carry Jesus with me everywhere I go. Amen? How many remember that old commercial? All right, never mind. The eyes of the Lord are upon us. Everywhere we go, His eyes are upon us. He's watching that single mother that's raising her kids and watching the struggles she goes through. He's watching our former foster girl that we saw yesterday that was eight years old when we had her and she's now 19, almost 20. He's watching her. We spent the day with her yesterday. What a blessing that was to be with Amber and to see her all grown up now. And she was a joy back then. And to see her now, we had a great time with her yesterday in the city. But he's watching her. She lives in the Tenderloin right now in, in the city. Probably not the, one of the best places to be living. But you know what? God watches over her and protects her. Amen. Whatever situation you might be facing tomorrow, you might have a good job, but you might have those co-workers that, you know those co-workers. Everybody has those co-workers, but God is still watching over you. God is still providing blessing for you as long as you persevere. Amen? He wants us to be loyal to Him. The Bible says, and I want to read this scripture to you in Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verses 8 through 10. It's not on your outline. But it says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of all those whose heart is loyal to Him. That was in Second Chronicles chapter 16, 
verses 8 through 10. Like the children of Israel, God wants to provide this new year, He wants to provide you with provision and His presence everywhere you go. Amen. And then, what, what is the extent of, of God's presence? Well, is it only here on Sundays at church? Is it only on Wednesday night small groups? No, of course not. It's at all times. All times. It's at church. It's at work. It's when you're driving to, to Safeway, to you know, Food Max, wherever it is you buy your groceries. Um, he's with you at all times. Amen? Matthew 28 and verse 20. I love the way it says this in the King James. It says, And lo... I am with you all the days, even to the end of this age. Jesus' own words to his disciples and to us today. He is with you to the very end of the age. He goes with you wherever you go. Don't ever lose sight of that. He goes with you this morning. Amen. He goes at all places, just like we were at. God is in the tenderloin, just like he's here. He's in the tenderloin. There's churches everywhere where there's much need. There's much grace, too. There's a lot of churches in the tenderloin, you know that? In addition to a lot of supermarkets and bars on every corner, it seems like there's a lot of churches down there. And he's at all places. You know, one of the things that we, we read here, this passage, it mentions hills and valleys. It, I, I've been to Israel, and tell, let me tell you about a land that's filled with hills and valleys. There are amazing hills, mountains, and deep valleys everywhere you go. And the, I don't believe that was by accident that God brought them to this promised land of hills and valleys. You know why that is? Because all of us go through hills and valleys in our lifetime. And we need to recognize that God goes with us, that we're to be dependent upon Him when we're in those valleys. Because I many know that you don't shout just when you're on the mountaintop. It's, it's great to shout, but you can never shout from that mountaintop if you've never walked through a valley, if you've never gone through a storm, if you've never gone through a trial. You'll never have that mountaintop experience. Amen? How many know what I'm talking about this morning? Amen? God is in all places. He's in the land of mountains and valleys. And it's, it's true. If there were no valleys, there would be no mountaintop experiences. Amen? But here's what we need to remember. He is the God of the valleys. He is the God of the mountains. And He's wanting to be with you everywhere you go. Amen? And then finally, we cross over into the new year with this last one, God's protection and victory, His protection. God's protection is upon you. Amen? You know, here's, here's the great thing that we know. The people of Israel, they didn't enter the land, the promised land, unopposed. Remember what the spies, uh, Moses had sent out spies to spy upon the land, and they came back with the report. Oh, there's giants in the land. There's giants. We can't go in there. They're going to defeat us. They were all negative. It was a byproduct of what they had endured in the desert. They came back with, with more uh, uh, burdens to, to Moses and negativity. And, and Moses, he didn't want to buy that. He said, no, no, no. And Caleb was the only one that brought a good report. Remember that? Uh, Joshua was the one that brought a good report of, uh, of this. We can overtake them. We can battle them. We can battle them. And so the Lord knows that you're going to face 
enemies. He knows you're going to face giants where you're walking. But he promises that he's going to be your victory. He's going to be your provider, your redeemer, your shelter. Everything you need, he's there to stand with you. Amen? Aren't you glad for that this morning? Give him a hand clap if you're glad for that. Amen? Amen. No man shall be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will put the dread of you and the fear of you upon all the land where you tread, just as he has said to you. That was the scripture that we had read. No man shall be able to stand against you. That's because you have the presence of Almighty God in you. Amen. I love what Romans 8.31 says. And that was our scripture verse this morning. If God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody. 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 If God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody. You know, I think I've shared this here before, but I was 20 years old before I became a believer. 20 years old, me and my dad are driving back from San Francisco, and we've, we're coming back 101, coming through Highway 12, through Sonoma, coming back towards Napa. And... Um, we're, I'm driving this car, I'm 20 years old, and as you enter Napa, entering Napa, there's Old Sonoma Road. How many are familiar with that area? Well, at any rate, there's a stoplight there now. Well, back in the day, um, just a couple years ago, there was no stoplight there. And so I got in the left lane, in the middle lane, right in the middle of the highway. There's oncoming traffic coming this way, and traffic behind me heading towards Napa, towards 29. Well, I wanted to make a left onto Old Sonoma Road. So I get behind this car, and uh, I didn't know at the moment, but um, 83-year-old Lucy Dangberg was driving that car, which I later found out. So she proceeds to make a left in front of this big tractor trailer, big big rig, coming with no trailer. He was going 60 miles an hour at least. He locked them up as soon as she pulled out. And she started making this turn going probably two miles an hour. Just, I mean, barely. If she had been going any slower, she'd have been going backwards. And so she's making that left. And I see this truck locking him up. He's bouncing. His rear end's bouncing. Blue smoke is coming out. And now he's coming right at me going 55 miles an hour. And, and the traffic behind me was still driving through. They weren't stopping. They kept going. I couldn't go to the right, so I pulled up further, you know, up, and I kept going, and, he, and in an instant, he came crashing right into our car. I'm, I'm the driver, right behind me, we, we, he hit me head on going 55 miles an hour, broadsided me, and we did a 360 in the middle of that traffic right there, and fortunately, we didn't get killed. We didn't get hit by anybody else. That truck kept going for at least another 75 yards. Ended up on my side of the highway in a dirt field there. Now it's vineyards. But what I realized right there is your life just goes in front of you right there in a split second. It just flashes right by you because uh, it's a scary sight when you see a big rig coming at you 55 miles an hour and smacking right into you. The devil was trying to take me out there, but I'm here to tell you, God's protection was on me that day. God's protection was upon my dad that day. God, See, God had other plans for me and my dad. He still said, no, it's not your time yet. As much as I want to bring you home to, to be with me, uh, I didn't know him. See, I didn't know the Lord at that time. 
That was His grace. That was His mercy as well. But God's protection was upon me. And to conclude that story, um, as an unbeliever, uh, I wanted to get to know Lucy Dangberg really quick. So the sheriffs brought her back. There was a, the, uh, the wife of that truck driver was following behind him, saw what happened. She followed this driver that had caused the accident, brought her back. And when I saw her pull up, I was 20 years old and I wasn't a believer and I wanted to get to know Mrs. Lucy Dangberg and I got to know her really good that day and I was, oh, God forgive me, but I gave her some words that um, I would never ever say to anybody again because she almost caused this accident to take us out is what I thought at that moment and little did I know years later that God's hand was upon us that day. God's hand was really upon her as well. Because she was oblivious to that truck coming right at her. If he had knocked, locked them up, she'd have been flat as a pancake right there. And uh, it wouldn't have been pretty. But at any rate, God's protection, His provision, His presence is with you today. Amen? Amen. And, amen. And, and you can look back, each of you can look back and see how many times that has happened in your life. That was one example. I can give you other examples. But... Each of you could give examples of God's protection over you. Amen? That doesn't change. But notice, here's what I want to point out here. Notice um, how and and why uh, God keeps His promises. Because they're conditional. Did you catch it when I was reading the verses? Did you catch the conditional? So, for example, note that verse 13 begins with, If, if. Verse 14 begins with, then. So in other words, he's saying, these promises are for you. But let me read that verse again. In verse 13, it says this. So if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today. And then verse 14 says, then I will. So God's promises are always conditional. God throws His Word out there, but there's conditions on them. It's no different than you as a parent, you know, when you tell your kids, hey, we get to, or you get to have this if you do this, right? How many parents have ever done that? That's called reward, right? The Lord is no different. He's saying, I have these promises for you if, if, amen? Amen. Amen. Lord, help us to understand that and receive that today, Father. And again, what are those conditions for for receiving these promises? Well, real quickly as I begin to close, first of all, we must love God. Love God. (coughs) Excuse me. Moses reminded the children of Israel in that passage, and also in in chapter 6 of Deuteronomy, it's called the Great Shema. And that's a prayer that every Israelite prays to this day. When I was at the Wailing Wall in Israel, they were praying the Shema right there in front of the wall. And basically it says this in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Jesus' own words in Matthew chapter 22 were this. This was the greatest commandment of all. He said of all the word, all, all his promises, this was the greatest command. Love your God. Love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So number one, we need to love God. Our primary purpose in life is to love God. 
And then secondly, it's to obey God. We have to obey in order for those promises to be valid in our life. Amen? And did you know that to listen carefully is the first step towards obedience? Listen to that Word of God. When you read the Word of God, when you go back and take one of those outlines today, if you haven't already, and you're reading through the Bible every day, listen, what is that Word saying to me today? What does that mean for me today? And then thirdly, serve God. We must learn to give of our time, our talents, and our treasures. Every one of us need to do that better this year in 2016. Excuse me. And then fourthly, stay in the Word. Stay in His Word. I try to give you opportunities here. Uh, Leave messages from the previous week on our connection table. Uh, Leave you handouts, things that will help you in reading the Word of God, suggestions. So I don't want to ever leave you without. So they'll always be there if you ever need to be challenged by the Word. But again, His Word reminds us that we're to keep these words in our heart, bind them on our foreheads, our hands, and speak to our children, speak to our family members about how great God is. Amen? When you go home today with your grandkids or children, say, hey, where's our food come from? What an interesting topic you can have right there. Well, it comes from Safeway. It comes from Rayleigh's. Well, where's the source of it come from? Amen? Here's the reason why we want to stay in the Word. And I found this interesting, but I, I looked this up. But did you know that fewer, and I'm talking about believers now in the church, did you know that the statistic shows that fewer than half of all adults can name the four Gospels? Fewer than half. The Gospels. I mean, there's only four. It's not that hard. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay? Fewer than half of believers, adults, can name the four Gospels. Here's another one. Most Christians cannot identify more than two or three of the disciples. And it's usually Peter and John, you know, uh, and then they're stuck there. (laughs) So that's according to data from the Barna Research Company. And then finally, 60% of Americans can't even name five of the Ten Commandments. Can't even name five of the ten. Well, no wonder they're breaking them. They can't even, they don't even know what they are. And because they need to be in the church, they need to hear the Word of God. Amen. So let's get better at reading the Word of God, staying in the Word of God. This year, I want you to, to commit, if you haven't already, I showed you the handout, reading God's Word this year, reading it, and staying faithful, persevering, learning, and allowing it to challenge you this year in growth. Amen? And finally, again, I just want to recap those points. Oops. Here we go. God's provision... He's your provider. God's presence, He's with you everywhere He goes. And He knows, and He he walks with you at all times and all places. And then finally, the the provision of protection. He protects you wherever you go. He protects your family wherever you go. He gives you the victory, amen? Amen. How many want to have that this year in 2016? It starts with the Word of God. It starts with being in church faithfully. It starts, starts with giving of your time, your talents, and your treasures. And again, our church, we want to grow with you. I want to encourage you to grow. And I want you to look back at the end of this year, 2016, and say, 
I've come a long way spiritually. I've walked with God. I've seen Him help me in this situation and that situation. Bless my marriage. Bless my children. Next week, bring your kids here if you can. We want to pray for them and bless them up here. We're just going to have a great year this year. And I'm excited this year. Amen? And God bless you this morning.